Welcome to Podship Earth. This is your host, Jared Blumenfeld. How much would you risk for your dreams? How long would you keep struggling to meet your goals, no matter what the odds? How much would you sacrifice in the process? Most of us never fully put these questions to the test. Engraved at the base of the Statue of Liberty is Emma Lazarus's poem, New Colossus. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. These words represent the promise of America, a place to forge a new path. And yet, with each passing year, we have closed our doors to immigrants. Each year, the journey to America becomes more dangerous. This week, we talk with Jesus Solo Garcia. To protect his identity, this isn't his real name, but one we made up together. At 19, he left his home and family to escape the dangers from the Mexican drug cartels. He crossed into the U.S. by swimming at night into the dark and cold Pacific Ocean for eight hours, first west, then north, with helicopters and drones in the sky. That was three years ago, and his life in California shows both the challenges and the power of making a dream come alive. I start by asking Jesus Solo Garcia where in Mexico he's from. Uh, I'm from Acapulco, Mexico, by Guerrero State. Nice. And is that's on the ocean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just right next to the ocean. I live all my life there. It's like... Can be fun, but can be a little dangerous too. But we have like beautiful places. Every place in this world, we have like a lot of drugs movement over there. And that's like the movement right now over there. So you can have a lot of pain too in your feelings because a lot of my friends are actually dead. Because, wow. Yeah, we have like. A lot of people are poor there too, and for that they want the easy way, so they come to drugs and mm. that kind of, you know, employees. So you had friends that were killed at an early age? Actually, I have a friend that he did at 12 by shot. I think he was working with the mafia, and so... Even at 12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of kids, like, they love that idea, you know, like, be a narco or something like that. That's, like, very usual over there. And how, like, how did you avoid that? I feel like I'm chill person. I'm, I'm more, like, ocean person. I'm more in that side, so I don't really like that. But would people come up to you and say they wanted you to do narco trafico? Yeah, because uh, honestly, I smoke a little bit of weed. So sometimes I need to buy from that people. And they, of course, like ask to you 
if you want to work from for them or something like that. They say you can start selling weed or something, you know, but that's how you start. And then you get troubles later. How old are you now? Well, now I'm 22. I just have two and a half years in the United States. And so back in Mexico, you got friends that got killed because of the drug trafficking. What about like human organ trafficking? Is that, you read about that, is that a real issue in Mexico? Yeah, that's actually happened a lot too, more with kids. That's the more mm. sad side. But yeah, uh, we have actually a popular history in Mexico that if somebody use try to bring you some candies mm. and that's how all star goes and then they take the kids and you never see the kid again you knew people who that happened to in Acapulco my mom's friend yeah yeah one of the children's just disappeared mm. yeah and well we never found that kid unfortunately Actually, I have another story. Uh, a guy just they picked them up, and that guy was like sick, and they just watched because he had like a huge line in the middle of the, in all his body, mm. and he was like crying and saying like, "No, I'm not good for that thing because all my system inside is shit and." He you showed the body and they're like, oh my God, you're pretty bad. I think you're not good. And they just throw him away in the freeway. And like growing up, like how did that make you feel? Well, for one side, I feel like a fortunate. Because, well, I still in life. That's a good step, I think. You can see sides in this life like I'm from the bottom like where all happens and I think that's good because you can see all the bad things and then when you're like in another country you can take more like appreciation of that thing because we don't have these opportunities when did you first think about coming to the United States? My cousin, he's living in TJ, in Tijuana, right now. He called me one night and he said, Hey, cousin, I'm thinking in swim to USA, but I can't do this alone. You want to swim with me? And in that point... I was thinking like, wow, that's the, that's like amazing opportunity because I don't know if you know, the persons in sur in South America, they pay a lot of money for just cross the border illegal, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, that was the free, the free option. So I was thinking like, why not? Let's take that. So did, did you like, did you know how to swim already? I've been surfing almost 10 years. So I think I can swim pretty good. And that, I, that, that was easy for me. How long was it between when your cousin phoned you and when you decided you were going to do it? 
two weeks. Just oh, wow. two weeks. Yeah. He called me and I uh, just saved some money. And then had you ever been to Tijuana before? No, actually no. That was one of my worst experiences in my life. Mm, what what happened in TJ? Well, like every immigrant, I think we all have terrible moments because mm. we don't have like a lot of money in that moment. So we can don't have food some days. We sometimes don't eat. We don't have like nothing else to do. Just we're thinking and we want to cross. There's a criminal team in the border that they just want to rob you, you know? Mm -hmm. They always want to rob you. They just sell you and they want to take all your things. So that's happened a lot. That's happened with me. Also, the police in TJ, they're super bad too. They're like very racist with the immigrants. So that's always a bad time. So the the gang of criminals that robbed you, how did, what happened? I was coming to my home, to my house, my cousin's house actually, and they just come out the from nowhere with a knife, like a machete, like a, a small knife, like a small one, mm. and they grab my neck and mm. they put the knife in my throat. Mm. And you know what's happened. And what did they what did they take from you? My phone, like twenty five dollars, something like that. And I think that's it. Just But that's all you had. Yeah. How long were you in TJ? For three months I was in TJ. What were you waiting for? I was waiting for my cousin because he always say like, okay. He was lying to me because he used to say, okay, we're going to do that the Saturday. And the Saturday comes through and he say, okay, maybe next Saturday. I think he was just super nervous about the, the action, the border and the, all the night swimming, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I actually understand my cousin, but yeah, I need to wait three months to realize that he don't want to come, actually. So then you decide you have to do it by yourself, or what happens? I decide that, but it's actually like a suicide mission, you know, if you do by yourself, because all can happen in the middle of the ocean in the night. So I just wait for another friend, actually. He's from Acapulco, too. He called me. He want to do that, too. Did you, like, tell people you were going to do it? Did they think you were crazy? Like, had you met anyone who had done it? Well, a lot of people do, but in TJ's, a lot of people think I was crazy, too, when they asked or something, yeah. Because I've not heard of anyone swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your friend comes, and then you're ready to do it, and, and yet you like, so you were robbed by a gang, but you're also robbed by the police? Uh, they just hit me because I don't have nothing in me so they can't grab nothing but they can hit me so do they beat you up yeah yeah 
there's no trust of the police. Not really. You don't know actually now if the police is police or not, you know. That's happened a lot too in Mexico. That's very usual. So they're like fake police? Yeah, we have fake police. We have all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. And so Tijuana is not a, play, a good place. You did not have a good time there. Mm, it's my worst time in my life. Mm. Yeah. And what did you feel at that moment? I feel like a very poor, poor, poor people without mm. food, mm. like not even 10 bucks for a food, nothing like that. Mm. So I feel like very, very poor mm. in that moment. What did you think the U.S. was going to be like? Like what kept you going? We all think U.S. is the perfect country. Like we all want in Mexico, but that's not like that. We all think... U.S. like follow all the rules. Well, we want to come here because we have amazing opportunities here. We have better pay. We have a different type of money that is more expensive for us. So we have quality in life here. For that, we want to come here because we don't have these things in our country. We expect one country like more peaceful, but it's not like that. It's mm. a lot of racist and that kind of stuff. So you're in you're in TJ, your friend comes from Acapulco. Like, how do you even know where to begin? Like what how do you know where you should swim and where you should leave and what time and how how did you figure that all out we know because my friend he actually do that like 10 times already. oh wow yeah okay he actually worked for that he like sell his how do you say service to swim because he know the way exactly the better way to do that so he get paid from other people to swim with him but but you didn't have any money no, 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 no. But then I need my parents' help. Mm. So you phone your parents. What do you tell them? Uh, well, I need to pay at this guy because he's going to swim with me and I can't wait anymore. Mm. Please bring me a little bit of money. When I have job in USA, I can pay you back then. And how much did you have to pay him? $550. So a lot. Yeah. But it's usual like... 10k Pronta si la amo dice ser sincero no lo puedo personal solo pienso en dinero pero te lo prometo voy a hacer historia aunque me odien van a tenerme en su memoria So you give him the 550 and then like what what did he say you needed to prepare We just have one wet suit courage and yeah. let's go that's it we don't need a boat we don't need a surfboard or something to rest when we was like super tired we just lay down in the water but we don't have nothing out what time at night do you leave we leave uh 11 15 we start to swim at 11 15 at night yeah at night so it's very dark yeah super dark yeah we have like a little foggy in the in the beach so right. You can't literally see nothing around you. How far, like, into the Pacific do you have to go before you can start going north? 
at least a couple miles. At least, yeah, maybe like hour and a half swimming. Okay, so what do you? But isn't there like border patrol and lasers and all kinds of drones? Yeah, we and... had drones, thermal sensors, senses, yeah. the cameras. You know that. Where are they? Uh, just by the beach, trying to watch all the ocean. So we have that. We have drones, boats. We have quad modes, you know? Yeah, uh, like jet skis. Uh, jet skis and the quad motorcycles, you know? Oh, on the beach. Yeah, on the beach too. Okay. Yeah, like boogie style too. We had so, all these things. but And helicopters. Okay, so it sounds like nearly impossible. So you swim out a mile and a half, and is it scary? It's really scary, but it's super amazing experience too. You can see like dolphins in your way, sometimes sharks, but you don't want to see that. Did you see sharks? No, I don't see sharks, thanks. <laughs> we have like... Moments with a lot of seaweed too, and you can be scary too for that. You can think like it's an animal or something like electric eel or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, so you so you're swimming together. You can see him the whole time, the guide. We try all the time to be together, not mm. too far. Okay. Yeah. And like when you hear a helicopter coming up do you dive under the water no 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 if you hear like helicopter or drone coming you just stop and watch on the bottom and what was your biggest fear what were you most worried about as you were swimming uh the currents because hmm. you can get lost about the currents and they're really strong you can get stuck for hours in the same place or the current can push you all the way more deep into the ocean. Your friend who you went with, he knew the best place to avoid the currents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He know he know all the kind of stuff. The best he know the best place to go in, the best place to swim, and the best place to go out. Mm. Now it's like midnight and mm. you're like a mile and a half off the coast of Tijuana. Like how far north? How many miles north do you have to swim now? Like 8.5 miles until you're in Imperial Beach. Okay. Eight miles is a long way to swim, right? How long did that take you? Like six hours, five and a half, something like that. So now it's getting light? Mm, yeah, a little bit, but you need to leave the water before it's like... Fully light. Yeah, fully light. So you must be so tired by this time. Yeah, super tired, yeah. Could you even swim? No, you can't even walk at the next day. Mm. You need that all day for the rest of your body. And were you like swimming on your back or like what was the easiest way to swim? Like a dog style. That's the mm. easy way to swim mm. and more quiet too. So you did mostly like that? Yeah. And in my back when I was tired mm. to rest. Did you know that you were in Imperial Beach? Like, could you see it? Yeah, because Imperial Beach have like a huge pier with a lot of likes. So when you see that close to you, you know you're in there. The border patrol 
must look for people swimming. They are ready now to the point, so they're waiting for you in that pier. Hmm. So how did you avoid them when you landed? You need to leap before or you need to swim around? The pier? Yeah. Huh. But if you leap in the pier, that's the worst place to live. So where did you get out? Uh, just like half a mile before the pier mm. in front of the houses. And do you remember what it felt like, like the first time just set, putting your feet on the beach in the U.S.? Yeah, my I feel like my throat was closing, like <gasps> I can't breathe, but all my body was shaking, like super amazing. I was so excited. That was like my feelings in in my body in that time. And but you okay, so you're on the beach, all you have is a wetsuit. What do you do next? Into my wetsuit, a little ziplock bag with one short and one t shirt too. So that's my other, my tools. So after I get out of the water, I run into the cave. I throw away my wetsuit and I put my shirt and my t-shirt. You're like James Bond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You need to change your appearance. Yeah. And then what did you, did you say goodbye to your friend or you kept with him? No, we leave the water at 5 a.m. So... He sleep for two hours. I can't sleep. I was so cold and super excited. So we need to wait until it's daylight. Sunday, the beach is super crowded, super early. Mm. So we're waiting for that time. At 7, 7.30, we watch outside. And if we see people walking in the beach, that's the time that you can go out. And what was the first big difference that you noticed? What the buildings. The buildings. Yeah. The buildings, amazing houses, just right next to the beach. The pure, super amazing. The bathrooms, the public bathrooms, super, super different in Mexico. Then we're walking in the beach, coming to the pier, calling at another friend. He lives in San Diego to pick us up in his car. But in that moment, we don't have a phone. So we need to pick a random phone for from another people. So we was asking like around two hours for oh a God. phone. No one would give you their phone? No, and the more ridiculous thing is that you can see people from your country mm. and you try to speak with them and they say, sorry, I can't speak Spanish <laughs> but you're watching his face he's like come on bro I can see the Aztecs in your face and you're saying you don't speak Spanish that happened a lot so we was for around two hours finally we found some good good guy in the street we do the call and our friend was coming so how many people do you think try and swim to the U.S. through the Pacific? Maybe 10 people for day. How many actually make it? 20%, like two people every 10. Okay. Yeah, something like that. And do you know a lot of people that have tried who haven't been able to do it? Yeah, my brother, he tried and he can't. And he used to go back to Acapulco. He gets tired. He's just too tired. Yeah. 
and he got really cold too. That's the even with the wetsuit. Yeah, because the wind is also super cold, and your face is no covering that all. So you're starting to get cold from your hands too, from your toes. Like, how did you? You ended up in San Francisco. How do you get uh, able to work? What was that journey like? In San Francisco, if you want to work, you need to have like a green card or social security for like at least one of that things. So my cousin, he lived like already like 10 years here and he know a lot of things. So he bring me to that guy that he make like fake greens card and social security numbers. So we go there, we pay $218 for fake green card and fake social security to, and then I can work here in this city. And like, I saw your, your work slip, like you're paying social security from, from your job. You were paying it into a account. Like you're never going to get the money, but someone is getting the social security money. Yes. Someone is getting my money or someone die is getting more money in his account or something like that. So, and so you worked in a fast food restaurant hmm? and what was that like? For us, uh, $15 per hour is amazing money. That was really good. I was happy. And what did you do with the money? I saved some part of my money and I sent to my mom to build a house like we all want. But then like not everything went well because you got like money stolen in San Francisco. It felt like almost like being back in TJ. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like just a bad luck time. But What happened? I just got a rob in San Francisco twice, actually. One time in Market Street, they grabbed from me like a thousand three hundred bucks. That's the one, the first time, and the second time, they just grabbed like hundred bucks, my phone, my yeah, and your backpack, my backpack, all my backpack clothes in there. At that moment, like. You've had such a struggle. Like, what did it feel like being in the U.S. and then getting robbed twice? Oh, my God. I feel like someone just hate me so bad in this universe because supposed to be we're here for opportunities, for better things. I feel like it's not my expectation get a rob in USA. I was waiting for a country more quiet, more chill country, no, with all these bad things. Mm. And like the room, tell us about like you rent a room and it you pay $600 and it's just for you and then someone else comes and they also pay $600? Like mm. tell us about that. Well, I have a rental house guy. We don't have like credit score or that things he supposed to be he was helping us and he say okay 
you guys can live here, but everybody is coming. He need to pay 600. And we're like, okay, that's good for us at the beginning. But then we have another roomie and another roomie and less and less space and the price is still the same. So that start to feel like it's not a good deal for us. That's tough. How are you thinking about the United States today, different than you did when you landed on the beach? I need to be more careful in USA now that I know a little bit more in this country, but I'm very disappointed. And I I know now all can happen here too. You can get robbed. And some of your friends, you were telling me, some of your friends are thinking about moving back to Mexico? Yeah, he don't have any family in USA, so he feel lonely, he feel alone all the time. So he feel like the money don't refill that space. Mm. And what about the the work? Like often, like so you, most of the people that you work with were also Mexican. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. And is that because like Americans aren't willing to do that work? Well, a lot of people say the the immigrant get the Americans job, but I don't think Americans people wanna do this kind of stuff. You see a lot of less Americans in construction or in restaurants. And are you sad that you can't go back to Mexico? I feel like I wanna go back to Mexico. But I also feel like if you do the things right, you can make your goals come true and you can come back at your country. How do you experience racism against you in America? About the skin color. Because I think white peoples in America, they have uh, some privilege. They have a, a very strong reaction, I think. And I'm no dark, dark skin. I'm like brown, kind of white, actually. I'm not too dark. But I saw some cases in, actually in the bus when I was just arriving in San Francisco. How do they judge skin color in Mexico? We don't have that in Mexico, honestly. We're more like mixed kind of race. So we have more like white and black people. They're like the same. We don't have like that privilege there. We have more like community there, I think. You miss that sense of community in Mexico. Yeah, I miss that, yeah. Because in Mexico, we all know the neighbors. So actually, in my little town, we all know each other, you know? And here, you can, like, walk two houses and you don't know that all those people, you know? Here, the neighbors don't speak a lot. They're more like super busy persons over here. Everybody is tired, everybody have the time, like, limit times, so 
I miss that from Mexico. We have a lot of free time there and we can speak more friendly with people. They're less stressful. That, yeah. So if you knew what you do today, would you still make that swim? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You need to have feet too in this country because this country have a bad things, but people like everywhere that's happened, I think. But I think San Francisco and in general, all USA can bring you amazing opportunities that can change your life for complete. Mm. And for that, no matter that I already know all these things, I definitely swim again. Even when the worst things happen to you in a day, you still keep happy and positive. How do you do that? Well, I was without food, without family, without bed where I can sleep. So I lived the more the worst time in my life. And every time that I am feeling sad or alone, I just remind to myself how bad I was and how fortunate I am. No matter how much bad things can happen, if I'm healthy, if I have a bed, if I have a roof, on the top of my head, I'm super happy because in some point in my life, I wasn't with all these things. And also, I have a beautiful family waiting for me in Acapulco, in my country. So for that, I keep strong myself. What role does faith and God play in your life? I feel like God is always on my side because I feel like I was talking with him when I was swimming. And also I remember my mom all the time. She's saying, Que Dios te cuide, hijo. That's mean like God can take care of you or please God take care of my children and yeah I think I need to say thanks to my mom too because she always say you need to bring God at your life and then all is gonna be fine and I have a lot a lot of bad things in my life but I think I'm happy like never in my life. Mm. In the place that I am. A huge thank you to Jesus Solo Garcia for sharing his story with Podchaperth today. The idea of setting out in Mexico at night in the fog and swimming to America seems insane, beyond what any of us would be prepared to do to reach our dreams. But maybe that's because we've forgotten how to dream or lost the fight to reach the dreams we have. 
Sometimes our dreams don't live up to reality. The violence, racism, and lack of community that Jesus encountered in California are real. But so is his desire to stay, to become the amazing person I know he will be. Thank you so much for being part of the Podship Earth journey. Please share Podship Earth with a friend so we can continue to spread the word. From the entire Podship Earth crew, sound engineer Rob Spate, executive producer David Kahn, and from me, Jared Blumenfeld, remember to fight for your dreams. 